do. I was just having a big moan over on Instagram about the fact that yes, we are in the effing car park again because all trains were canceled this morning on Thameslink. So we've got a two hour drive when our daughter comes out of her maths exam back home. So the wonderful thing about being your own bosses is of course you can work anywhere. She's literally answering probably question five right now in maths oh maths yeah so um, spare a thought for all those youngsters now in the hell of a maths gcse especially for those youngsters that couldn't get there because of the effing train exactly. so we've picked up our selfie stick our computer we and have we the, the are... channel now for anyone listening on podcast the sound is the air conditioning of a car because it's <laughs> 31 degrees heat and we would absolutely fry so mm. um so there you go um how are you all guys how is everyone feeling good is it hot is it too hot are we at that stage now as brits where we're complaining about the weather oh people saying they can barely hear the aircon very lovely good 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 so is anybody else going through gcse hell god we cannot wait for friday no. when it's all over bless chin, her she's, she's been amazing but it is an emotional roller coaster isn't it yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of parents out there that are like, God for that. Especially as I don't even bloody believe in the system and I don't believe in GCSEs. I don't believe in any of that. Good to see. No one complaining about the heat. Because we want the heat. And then when the heat arrives, we just moan about the heat. Yeah. We? Oh, A-level hell for Nicola yeah. Lee. Oh, God. And especially in the last week when it's so hot. Oh but just think, this weekend, wow, guys, it'll all be over. Apart from for A-levelers. Oh, does it go on? It carries longer? on. It's a bit oh. longer for A-level. Oh, so um, sorry. <laughs> so uh, we're a little bit uh, dishevelled in the car. <laughs> but you're not. You look gorgeous. Um, well, I threw my makeup bag into So my how are you all, guys? I hope you're all well. Uh, we've got, what have we got stories-wise? Well, obviously, we're going to touch upon the absolutely horrendous story that was breaking, really, whilst we uh, were live yesterday, which was the Nottingham... Um, what the hell? Nottingham tragedy, the knife mm. attack, the the... Rampage. I mean, the rampage just. Oh. Um, so, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be talking about um, skinny or thin privilege. I mean, is skinny one of those words you're not allowed to use? I don't think so. I don't think it's a banned word, is, is it? Is it not? Well, because whenever I. If you use the word fat, I. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Nadia was just talking about on Instagram the man who faked his death. This is the most incredible story. And we can't wait to hear what you think. But reading the story, I didn't realise there was quite, there was an intention behind it. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's yeah, quite yeah. a strong point. Yeah. Uh, and should we completely ban vaping adverts? Should we, are we sort of sleepwalking into the next uh, sort of socially acceptable health crisis? Absolutely. Um, a smoking and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And obviously, uh, Donald Trump uh, was arraigned and uh, was, uh, had the list of 37 uh, you know, uh, charges read out against him. Not it, guilty. Not, not guilty. guilty. Yeah. Not guilty. <laughs> We've uh, seen the photos. They're in your toilet. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's claiming that they were put there by someone oh, else. God, so, uh, so he obviously, you know, like everything, you know, you throw stuff at him like Teflon. It doesn't stick. But will this stick? And what's he doing anyway? But, um, but yeah, no. So just returning to the Nottingham tragedy that happened yesterday, uh, where three people have been killed. Um, and the 52 of them are students, I, I believe at Nottingham University. Tragically, they've, they've released their identities today. 
they've, they've released photographs of them today. Uh, one was not that what they were or what they achieve is anything other than, and I think it's interesting when these tragedies happen and, and the, the press and media talk about um, people's beauty, what their people's beauty, accomplishments. Absolutely, it's but life. it's it's life. Yeah. But also, I suppose it is about the narrative yeah. that was going to move forward that, yeah. that stopped. So the young girl and was. I imagine. Um, I remember, well, she was a huge sort of uh, was she a hockey, hockey player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I suppose for the families hearing those lovely things about their child, children mm. is it, is good. But mm. I think, my God, you know, we all clutch at our chest, don't we, when we see the like the the similarity in ages and mm, looks mm. and we all just go to people that we love and and try and imagine just for a second what that must feel like my mm. god just mm. out of the blue the horror of it it's it and it's just another reminder of that thing that in a day on a on a dime in a second yeah. everything can change and yeah. It doesn't. These kind of stories do nothing to help people with anxiety or you know, you know, fear, yeah. you know, sort of worries or trauma, you know, because you know, you know, the important thing to say is it's incredibly rare. But when these things happen, I think what tears through all of us is obviously the loss of life, but the absolute sort of unpredictability of it. Um, yeah. We haven't yet sort of got any indication, I don't think, of what the motive no. was. What I do know is that he, he stabbed three, two students, one 50-year-old, stole the van of the 50-year-old, um, and then sought to try and run over people. Yeah. And I think he did, a hit, I think he hit people, although I don't think anyone was killed driving the van. I mean, the only thing for me that makes me think of a terror attack is it has sort of horrible similarities to the London Bridge. Yeah. I mean, my, my stance always has been on, on terror attacks and if it do, is that they should never be named. Mm. There should be, it should be a blackout, you know, silhouette mm. and no name, yeah. just a person. Because I think, you know, I mean, we don't know the situation here, but certainly from past attacks like London Bridge, mm. and it's to go out in the glory. Yeah, you yeah. know, it yeah. is. And yeah, mm. no name. Mm. But also, you know, the thing is, no, does the same person do something like that? You've got to be insane. Mm. And I'm, I'm always, you know, I think we all notice it, don't we? Since the pandemic, there's a. We talk to our girls all the time about this. The girls talk about the rage that they feel everywhere, out in the street, on the bus, on the tube, on the train. In a way, mm. we don't just, we don't travel like that anymore, mm. do we? Most of us are our age are in cars, and and you know. There, there is, and I'm always amazed that there aren't more people just going screaming mad and mm. behaving completely, you know, completely out of the norm. Mm. Because there are so many pressures. There is so, there are so many people um, who are in dire need of mental health assistance, and they're not getting it. I'm sure anyone anyone listening here has got somebody locally that they see going we have haven't we a number of people absolutely in t terrible mental health situation screaming and shouting up and down the road mm. don't you, and you mm. i feel that even more since the pandemic it's like helen grove says it's being spoken about that he has mental health issues i mean my my, my take on this is even if you, it's a terror i mean it's almost like when people say it's a terror attack that there's it's it's lesser mental health. I mean, in order to achieve or, or conduct any level of violence like this, 
you have to have a mental health crisis going on in you. Yeah? But that does not e explain or excuse. No, well, it does it even explain. It just doesn't excuse it. It's not being used as an excuse. I think a, a number of you are sort of saying, I don't care, you know, the mental health. Oh, yeah, no, 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 one, no one is God, suggesting no. it's a kind of... No, but you must, all with every situation, you must it. always look to try and understand. Mm. Because these things aren't going to get better. Mm. They're going to get worse. And the thing is, we have a huge problem. I'm not talking about this because we have a huge problem with people with, you know, all sorts of mental health issues that are going unchecked and mm. going untreated. And we might discover that this is somebody that is, mm. you know, on, on some kind of religious terror attack. We might find out it's somebody that has a mental health crisis. Mm. We don't know. It doesn't change the situation for sure. But we need to know. Mm. What drives people to do this? We need yeah. to try and, you know... <laughs> Lee Durren, well, my worry is that mental health is used for a lot at the moment. Like, uh, a number of other people are saying something similar. No, please don't misunderstand me, no, guys. No, 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 I don't not, think you're um, suggesting you're saying that. I, yeah. just, I just think in, in the press and in the coverage, mm. um, you're right. Sort of mental... Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because the fact of the matter is, is that, that as, I, as I just said, there has to be a mental health breakdown mm. in someone for them to be able to just cross this barrier and do this. Um, but that doesn't, you know, then what happens is people who have an intolerance of mental health and people who have mental health problems mm. and all that kind of stuff suddenly jump on that bandwagon and attack anyone with mental, who mm. promote or talk about mental health issues. This isn't about you tolerate any bad no. behaviour. We talked about exactly the same it's thing. It's about understanding what drives yeah. people, whether it's through brainwashing, whether it's through, yeah. re, you know, religious zealots, whether it's through mental health crisis, exactly me whether it's, you know, that is the discussion that has to continue. And I think too often yeah. people say, oh, these people are just evil and that's it. Well, how's that going to serve us in the future? Well, it, it serves us, what serves us often, and I think this is what happens with things like Syria, what we don't like to think of as humans is the mm. idea that any of what makes this happen is actually tangible. Yeah. or explainable or understandable so we have to characterize yeah. it as something so, so abhorrent and monstrous yeah. which it is which it is but that we can then somehow distance from almost yeah. our responsibility as a community to uh, respond to, to, to respond it. to and do something about and it. not and just react absolutely because we all have reactions of course yeah. we do we all go to an emotional it's what happens place. with the gun lobby in america because yeah. often when a shooting happens the gun lobby then comes out and goes well it's him it's not it's not the fact that guns are yeah. freely available well actually i think it's a bit of both yeah it's, it's a bit of both responding as well as to have the normal human reaction which is horror and terror and yeah. upset but then to also respond yeah, Lee to what's says, what I'm saying now is it highlights there's not enough help. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that you've just said is really important as well. I'm always astonished that there aren't what I call more glitches. I mean, mm. I was saying this to the girls the other day, you know, like in a computer game or something. I'm amazed that we don't get more glitches. But then as I was thinking that just then, you know, psychological mental health glitches, I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about that time several years ago when I remember on a Saturday morning, I was getting a bus somewhere. And something massive happened on that bus where a man exposed himself and we all had to kind of jump up and scream to him to get off and the bus driver. That goes unreported. So my worry is actually there are loads mm. of these glitches going on, but they just don't get picked up or reported. When you think of just the people that are locally to us in various areas near us that we've watched over time, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, getting yeah. Just, just getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And I'm always so cautious. I'm thinking at any point this person could flip in another way. Yeah. Um, and, mm. you know, I know, I hate to go back to it, but do you remember Care in the Community? 
mm. when all these places were closed and people mm. were there wasn't any care people were just put out on the street mm. no, um, absolutely yeah okay. but this story this will unfold and we yeah. will find out more about yeah. that's for sure and i think it's just really important that, and it's incumbent on us as a sort of society to actually take hold of what the causes are mm. because even if it's like for example even if it's like radicalization we often think that radicalization is someone else's problem that happens because of someone else's culture and actually if you look at the way in which the world is so inextricably entwined mm. uh, you know often radicalization comes from a perception of inequality yeah. somewhere in the world caused by yeah. government policy you know so and and it, and it, it's know, like it, yesterday when we were talking about cults yeah, yeah. you know radicalization ha can happen to people that are excluded people mm. that are lonely people that have that are vulnerable mm. and so to just say that all radicalization is just pure evil we are not learning mm. and we're not going to move forward we have to understand mm. everything we have to try and understand understanding where the isn't... hell all the different places where we're exactly. going wrong <laughs> understanding isn't excusing no um okay well this story i thought was really interesting because it flashed past me and i i, I passed over it yesterday uh, reese a lot of my family grew up and lived there my grandma lives mm. very near ilkston road and my uncle works near M uh, milton street oh i've just lost you have also come across racial nasty tweets towards the west african man mm. Ah, ah, right, okay, so there is some detail on that. Ah, yeah. Oh, I'm sending love yeah. to you and yeah. yours, Reese. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, this story is. We'll talk about it probably tomorrow when we've got more yeah. detail. This story is around a uh, woman who went from size 18 to size 6 who shared on social media some surprising things that no one tells you about weight loss. Um, and uh, when I saw this story yesterday, I just saw a photograph. I thought it was just a woman on a toilet. Um, and, no, and it's then classic I TikTok it. pose. Yeah. Hi, bending yeah. forward. Right, so what is, tell us, what is this idea? What is this story? So she talked, I couldn't find the actual video to watch what she was oh, right, okay. This is a video that went viral on TikTok. And she is an influencer that went from a size 18 to a size 6. And, you know, and she says, let me make it very clear. There was nothing wrong with me at size 18. There's nothing wrong with me being at size 6. She said, but... There are questions and there are things that have come up and it ain't just all great mm. being skinny. She said, first of all, I'm freezing cold all the time. Um, I have tons of skin um, because she was so much bigger. And she said, but also what I've discovered is there is such a thin thing as skinny privilege. Mm. People pay me more respect. Mm. People talk to me in a different way. And... It's weird, isn't yeah. it? But you know, do you think, guys? I, do you think this thing, this thing? Oh my god! Skinny privilege. When I have lost a lot of weight, like years ago, when I did uh, my DVD, and I lost weight for that, and I really do identify with a lot of what she says here. It's like I remember. Creatorholic, I was skinny and bullied for it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever end of the scale you are, people will have something to say, won't they? But I remember when I lost all that weight years ago, um, I wasn't able to compute that I had changed size. Mm. I was like this slim person, but mentally I was still, you know, I was a size eight, but in my head I was still a size 16, moving towards a size eight. It was just the strangest feeling. Mm. Mm. And I wasn't entirely comfortable with it. I, 
to change your your whole body just feels so different mm. and it's so hard to get used to it's really strange and then I realized that to stay at that weight I think I was nine stone four or nine stone two or something when I did the DVD that I was going to have to continue that really you know strict way mm. of eating and I just thought I'm actually unhappy Mm. I, I really am. I don't want to be always thinking about whether I can have a pudding this month or whether I can have a glass of wine this week, you know, and just that, it it, it flipped off into another obsessional sort of thinking. Mm. Not, not anorexia, I'm not, you know, alluding to that at all, but just there wasn't a, this freedom that I believed I was going to have when I got to the holy grail mm, of a mm. size 10. Mm. The size 10. I'll get to size 10, all my problems will melt away. Well, that's just absolute baloney, it doesn't. Now, recently, well, over the last year, I've been very slowly losing weight. I don't weigh myself, but I, you know, can tell from my clothes, and but mostly I can tell from people's reactions to me. And you know I'm in show business, so uh, you know your looks are very. You know I've all I'm always been the plumpest person in the room, sort of thing. I love that word plump. Some people don't like it, but I love it. Plumpish. No, yeah, I, I don't like it either. Really? No. Yeah, the girls said, Mum, that would be really insulting. Well, because plump. there's something. I like it. I I tell you what I find about the word word plump when it's used about someone, it's a sort of passive aggressive way of trying to make nice an observation you've made that isn't. Because maybe it is pleasant. nice. Maybe it is nice. Yeah, but I think you're maybe that's, I think maybe that's, that's very that's rare. Your, maybe that's your inverted prejudice. I mean, a lot of people, I just want to say a lot of people here, there's quite a few people coming through saying, you know, how thin they are, how thin they've been, and how much you too have felt. Someone said, you know, skeletons are a long time in the ground or something like that about being skinny. I mean, I think obviously one of the things about this is, is that um, you know, people find reasons to be judgy about any type of difference like there's some perfect body sort of model that we're supposed to we're supposed to be you know we know that society feeds us literally food and these images of so-called perfection and more damaging in a sense too is the yo-yoing between different body shapes towards different trends and all, all this kind of malarkey but, they, um, but they, I do think you're mm. just feeling, I'll just say one thing on that. I do think you're right. I do think there's an assumption, I think Zoe just said as well, mm. that if you're plump or you, you're, a, you're in the process of putting on weight, something's going wrong. But, but, but also, I think you think that when people lose a lot of weight yeah. as well. But I think that, um, you know, I mean, when I was growing up, I used to hear that all the time, you know, fat and lazy, fat and lazy, fat and lazy, you yeah. know. And then because I always felt like I was a fat person, I just attributed lazy. I mean, you still hear, you'll still hear me now, won't you? Say, oh, I'm lazy. And I mean, we never stop, mm. but I'm always beating myself with this, up with a stick of laziness because those two things went in hand, mm -hmm. hand in hand. And she talks about that. She talks about the way that people respond to her in business and everything. She can tell as clear as anything in new respect. I've recently lost weight and it's so bizarre because people do this thing now where they, where they see me and they go, oh, and then because of this new vibe everywhere where everybody watches everything they say and they, oh, I haven't mm. seen you for ages. I said, you want to say that I've lost weight, don't you? And they said, yeah, but I didn't know whether I could. I said, no, no, for me, it's fine. I like it because mm. I want to lose weight because I want to lose weight for my health. But then people relax and then people start talking about your weight loss. And then the absolute 
wide-eyed like respect and glorification of you because mm. you've lost weight now but i'm not going to pretend these people are that i don't too. have the ego that that goes or the fuck up let's say the fuck up that doesn't go you know and i get that sort of rush of pride mm. now it's different now in my 50s you know i'm nearly 60 really where my pride comes from is very different these days because I'm eating so well. I work so hard at like really eating a good diet that's going to make me really healthy. I work out. And so I think actually I put a lot of graft into mm. it, mm. but it's not, you know, and I'm not skinny, but there's definitely admiration when you've lost weight from people well because i think it's a goal that we're all you know theoretically it's a goal everyone's aiming even for, though we're supposed it? to not now even though we're not supposed to yeah, yeah well now what happens is you just keep it quiet that yeah. that's what you're aiming for i mean it's terrible and then the pressure on someone who through compulsive eating mental health genetics whatever who can't lose weight e even though it might not be even though you might be you know it might be not trendy or trending to talk in a pejorative sense about being overweight the feeling is still there. It's like, it's like in many regards, there's real tolerance of people who don't drink too much. But I know fundamentally people can't say it, but a lot more people would like to say, oh, for God's sake, just have a drink. You know, it's, yeah. it, 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 we know what we shouldn't say, but it doesn't necessarily change what people are thinking, I think. How does it feel to you? You, you know, you are somebody that's had a whole load of achievements in your life, right? In a way that I haven't, because we're just very different in that. But... I would suggest that still your favourite thing is, because you are dysmorphic, is when somebody says to you, you've lost weight. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. What does it make you feel yeah. when somebody says that? Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just looking at that. It was interesting. MT, I wonder why you talk about it so long. It should not be a topic. No, no, there's no such thing that should no. not be a topic. No, it's not should not. I think the very point is that why we're talking about this there is now everyone. so much that is just hidden you know because what we don't say but actually so many people are still fucked up about body image and, and weight and and i think that it's a real pre there's a real prejudice to people that are overweight people make all sorts of assumptions mm -hmm. about them yeah. also yeah Hannah Hornby, I'm constantly judged for, this is important, I'm, oh God, it's so difficult. I'm constantly judged for struggling to put weight on like I should be grateful. Yeah, When that's really so it's a nightmare when you have no real strength. So awful. Like I've got a couple of friends that are very naturally very skinny and I'm just astonished at how often people go, oh, but God, you're lucky. And they say it so angrily and it's like, well, not if you don't want to be skinny mm. and and these friends of mine really eat a lot but mm. they just don't want to be skinny mm. so i think just passing judgment on people at all is yeah uh, okay well um this so you didn't answer me oh, sorry though, so. um so it does it's, of course it's everyone deal. loves it because societally everyone yeah, yeah. it's funny isn't yeah it? would you, it's, it's great i'm pleased you know you can yeah. look at footage or something i can look at something like the creep vlog and i go fucking hell Look at the look at the state of me, and that's my internal voice. I don't think that Your own ever. Of, I would yourself. never think that of anyone else, but I think it of myself. It's just terrible. Mm. I hate it when people say, "If you think that of yourself, you must think of others." It's like, no, I don't. No, not at all. If you say, if you hate yourself and you don't hate other people, then you hate yourself, don't you? Mm -hmm. That's the bit that it does annoy me. Um, I can put on weight and lose weight easily, Jenny J. 
Oh, oh, right. Yeah, lucky you. There we go, you see, yeah. lucky you. Lucky you, <laughs> there we go, yeah, exactly, we just so did it. Bad. Okay, so this story is quite arresting and remarkable. It's remarkable. So this is the story of a man in Belgium, I believe, who faked his own death. Right, so let's just put, let's get that thought so, out. So he's faked his own death, right? But he's, ha he's brought his wife and children into it, yeah. right? And they then have the responsibility to invite all the wider family to the funeral, okay? So everyone's at the funeral, they're crying, they're really upset, and then a helicopter lands and he gets out of the helicopter. What do you think of that? Now, his reason was that he was really peeved at how his wider family didn't weren't contacting him anymore and yeah, weren't touch. and so he wanted to make them feel what it was like if he was gone forever. Wow. Discuss. Discuss. What do you think about what that? What do you think? I mean, it's interesting because we were discussing this. Funerals and deaths there is that moment, isn't there, where you think, oh, right, okay, well, if only you'd maybe made a little bit more effort in your life. I do sometimes, whilst funerals and grieving is obviously really important for people who've lost people, I think there's no doubt about that. We all accept that. It can be for those people who perhaps were in someone's life or are very much on the, on the margins of that person's life. It's an opportunity, I think, sometimes to, to sort of sell to yourself the idea that you had a more meaningful relationship with them than you did. So it's a way of sort of healing, perhaps guilt, perhaps regret, perhaps a loss of, a loss of being in touch with them. But going, so in a sense, at first I just thought, what a narcissist, like someone just said there, and oh my God, what a lunatic, what a nut, what an insane. And then I thought, actually at the heart of it, is there something quite meaningful in what he's trying to do, but the Absolutely way he's gone about it. disgraceful, <laughs> manipulative, to, to make your children tell no, I mean, such a whopper of a it's lie. It's astonishing. And then but his children goes, didn't know he was dead, did they? It was other people. It was his life. No, but he asked them to arrange the funeral. No, I know. He would, they will have had to have cried. They will have had to have acted. Then, apparently, he said, it was no, really agree, good I because agree. a lot of people were sort of, you know, were really pleased to see me. But a lot of them didn't turn up. You know, it's like... I, I, I just see that as the most narcissistic yeah. thing I've ever heard yeah. of. Uh, no, well, I agree. Lorna Stewart says, it sounds like it's all about me, me, me. Is that, was that yeah. your comment? I've just lost it. Um, it. It's quite something, isn't it? I mean, it's quite astonishing. I mean, I think, I think say like if that, you know, say he's in that situation. He said, he said, he said it proves he really cares yeah. about me. Oh, my God. I tell you what. I tell you what, if I had really cared about him and he did that, I would no longer really care about him. He wouldn't see me for He dust. said, those who didn't come did contact me to meet up afterwards, so in a way I won. No, but then haven't they all faded away again now? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think, I think the thing This comes is, in the same week, or, or a week after, a woman was declared dead in hospital, placed in a coffin, and then oh, had to bang to get out. 73 years old, wasn't God she? Almighty, she, was, she said, I'm, very, I'm in fact very much alive. Brenda M sums it up beautifully. Tosser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite something, though, isn't it? Quite just, something. And then coming in on a helicopter. Talk about egotistical. Just put yourself in that position that you said to the girls, right, I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm dead. dead. Yeah. Right? They Apart away, from they, anything else. Do you think else, they would have not said that? I that think they this would is have, a good idea. They 
absolutely wouldn't have done it. They just couldn't be. They just wouldn't. They're mu they're very moralistic. Well, they're going to have. Everyone's going to have the last laugh because when he does die, no one's going to believe it. No oh one's going to turn God, up. That's a good point. No Nobody one's going to turn, turn up when he does funeral. die because they're going to be like, yeah, right, fat chance. He's probably up in a bloody helicopter somewhere. Mm. Why didn't he just organise a big birthday party and see who turned up? Yeah. He's playing with fate, says MT2. Right. Right, is Nanny Die here? Is Nanny Die in the room? We've been waiting to see you pop up, Mum. Because today, everybody, is Nanny, Nanny Die's birthday. birthday. And we're going to sing happy birthday, but we want all of you to fire your crackers, to blow your horns, to set off your fireworks, to play your trumpets, to trump, to proop, to do everything. Because she's not feeling well. No, she's so not. she's not coming over today because she just she's been feeling poorly all week, hasn't yeah, she? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you send her lots of happy birthdays, that'll be lovely. But we are we are picking her up and she is coming this weekend. Also... So she's gonna mm. she's gonna be with us. You're gonna see her. I'm I'm hoping when she's feeling a bit better, we're gonna be able to um, do a bit of a live and maybe she could share in her birthday with you and sharing her life. Mum, everyone just loves hearing about your life. And mum, she did. She said last night she has not laughed so hard watching a green-fingered hell as she did last night. She thinks it's the best episode of Green... Mum, you are hysterical. Yeah. You we'll are really tonight. funny. And we are... We've become the most unlikeliest comedy duo or a wandering pair of idiots. Yeah. It's like the longest show you do. Please check out the green-fingered hell films because... Honestly, over the last five years, Nanny Dye and Mark have transformed that garden from an episode of Shameless to my, my I would call it my sanctuary. They're always working in it. I sit in it. We're getting there. It. And you can watch and how we get there. it's beautiful to go back right to the beginning and binge watch the whole series. Mm -hmm. um, you will love it. But mum, we because love you. we've had no gardeners at all. They have... No. Mark's literally, he knew nothing about gardening five years ago. And he, everything he wanted to, I was like, oh, no, don't cut that down. And you've been right on everything. Yeah, do watch the latest episode. It's very silly. I mean, to be fair with you, uh, to be honest, Mum, we, we do tend to wander around and talk a lot of shit. Yeah, you really do. Uh, and, but we have a lot of fun with the sound effects, or I do anyway. But Mum, Mum, I just want to say, um, love you very much. Really looking forward to seeing you. Um, I'll, you know, I'll make you your favourite yeah, burgers. We're going to have a lovely weekend together. And uh, thanks for being you, Mum. It's just me and you, isn't it? It always has been. Always will be. And don't go faking your death, for no, God's too. sake. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, I know mean, what you mean. On no, our blood. journey, Mum. On blood. our journey. Blood. With blood. You know what I mean. But um, let's all sing happy birthday. Wherever you are, we would like a salute and a happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear nanny die happy birthday to you that's Ooh. my ma that is mama 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 <laughs> anyway well there we go anyway um, guys so yeah. hit the subscribe and the notification button and listen don't forget curly cooks this saturday seven o'clock live there's going to be tequila. The there's going to be Mexican food. It's going to be great. It's going fun. to be great, great. There's still going to be the uh, no. There's going to be the coffee morning Saturday papers earlier in the day. Uh, but yeah, get ready for for the evening. Nanny Di is going to be there. She's unaware of this at the moment, but if she's feeling up to it, she's going to be doing some flamenco dancing. She's also got a rap. She's written a rap that she really wants to share with all of you. She's a great hip, hip hop artist. She's also going to make a caramel basket. Mum, you're going to make a caramel get your basket. Get pinny on. Get your pinny on, Mum. Oh, look, Kiki's just finished her maths. Let's go. Let's